Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, While I have you here... Please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support Creative Control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape, both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Vish's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Fez Gielen, Ali Hendra, Loris Katesai, and Lorenz Speer are close friends and musicians who first met each other while living in Montreal, Quebec. Through chance encounters and social gatherings, these four soon began playing music and writing songs together, eventually forming the enigmatic folk band Mabel, whose debut album, Gathering, was released in the spring of 2021. While not every member still lives in Montreal, Mabel continued to nurture their special bond and musical chemistry, and on October 27, 2023, Ide Fix released their beautiful second album, which is entitled Gloam. Just prior to its release, 
all four members of Mabel and I gathered together for the band's first ever interview in which we discussed things like uh, loving Montreal, but also exploring new places to live in the world, working with the producer and evening hymns mastermind Jonas Bonetta, how Bob Dylan is a folk singer from Minnesota, where Prince was also from, how the members of Mabel first met one another and their respective musical backgrounds, what it means to be obsessed, insights into the band's hypnotic presence and how they collaborate, Bluegrass, Nirvana, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, what the future of Mabel might look like, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners just like you, who follow and subscribe to this donor-driven podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control. That is the primary source of revenue for all of the work that goes into making this podcast. It's a modest following on Patreon, but it's a strong one still. I appreciate all of the donations. If you have the means and inclination to support this show, please do so at patreon.com slash Control. Thank you so much. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful bricks-and-mortar record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and a wonderful website, blackbird.ca, where you can order things that you want shipped to your house. Say you want the new Mabel record, Gloam. Well, you just type all that information over there in their search engines or whatever, search boxes. Maybe it's a search engine. I don't know how that works. Over at uh, their website, at Blackbird's website, and you'll probably be able to find the album and they'll be able to ship it to you. It's just that simple. Learn more about this again at blackbird.ca. Plus, in-kind support from the likes of uh, independent businesses like Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, this is episode 822 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Allie, Loris, Loren, and Fez from Mabel with your host, me, Vishkana. How's it going? Going great, thank you. Nice. Where in the world are you? I'm in London, England. Oh, jolly, <laughs> jolly old London, as uh, we like to say. Well, uh, how's it going there? Going good. I um, I'm here on a special occasion because I don't have internet at home, so I'm at my friend Joe's house for this uh, session. You went all the way mm-hmm. to London, England, to get on the internet. <laughs> where Where do you yeah. norm- Where do you normally reside? Paris, France. No, um, I I live here. Oh, okay. I live here, but I just moved house, and so I don't have internet. Um, oh, okay. So very novelty to be on Wi-Fi. It's been three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the internet. Uh, nothing's really changed. It's still a hellscape. Uh, wh- how long have you been in London, England? <laughs> uh, one year now. One year. Okay. And, and where, where did you move from? I moved from Montreal, where we all met. Oh, nice. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, any particular re- Did you say, I'm sorry, did you say why you are, uh, ended up in in London? Any particular reason? Um, I just needed a change. I was in Montreal for 10 years, very formative time. 
And yeah, I, I, I guess mainly work and it's kind of the one place in the world where I have a lot of other friends I wanted to reconnect with. So yeah, it was a nice, easy enough community space to move into, but, um, I guess just like a sort of second adulthood, um, challenge chapter. Is there any uh, significance to the fact that you went from a very French place to arguably the most English place? <laughs> well said. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, there's definitely limitations to, I mean, especially just in a professional sense to finding work in Quebec. I'm sort of mildly bilingual. <laughs> That's a condition. Yeah. You can get you can get that looked at. If you're mildly bilingual, you can go to the doctor and they'll give you something. Uh, right. So you're yeah, having very a... different. <laughs> so, I don't mean to delve too much. I know I already have, uh, maybe a little too much, but, uh, vocationally, what is it you do that you, uh, couldn't quite do there? If I may ask. Gosh, I mean, currently many things I'm, I'm sampling out a life for myself. This year has been filled with many different jobs, oh, okay. um, paving, paving a professional path in a new place. I realize it takes time, but I guess broadly, working in sustainable fashion, working with smaller businesses to help them grow. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Fashion. Fashion. Loosely fashion. Loosely fashion. That's good. <laughs> That's a good yeah. catch-all. All right. Well, it's very nice to uh, to encounter you and to learn more about you. Thank you for being on the show. I'm going to say hello to... Who should I start? Fez, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Vish. How are you? I'm very well. How you doing? It's nice. I'm well, thank you. It's nice to see you again. We've met uh, this way once, at least once before. Yeah, we met this way once before. Uh, it's a long story that maybe is not worth getting into. But I called you for a podcast I was doing, and I never mm-hmm. released that episode. But it still could happen. But <laughs> I actually do want to mention that after that, I found a very old photograph that actually the two of both you and I are in. What? Um, oh, we no. didn't meet then, but I'll send it to you, and it's it's quite something. That's it? What's the context? Come on, man. You can't okay. leave me hanging here. Okay, it was 2005. <laughs> I was 13. It was at Hillside Festival. Were you there? Yeah, probably, yeah. Okay. Because I'm not... Your whole, entire face isn't in it, so I'm not 100% certain it's you, but I figured Hillside, probably <laughs> you. He's a brown guy at Hillside. It's good chance it's me, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My friend uh, Kaylee Ronsman, who has a project called Boyhood, she's oh, a great musician. Right. But we right. we've, we're longtime friends. So I was thirteen. We're probably both thirteen, and we were posing for a picture with uh, uh, <coughs> uh, Win Butler. They're the front person oh. from uh, Arcade Fire, <laughs> right? And uh, there you are in the background, s- staring directly into the camera. Oh, interesting. Can you pull it well, up? So I was photobombing your yes. heinous. Historical moment? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's all sort of. Uh, but I think you know, maybe we crop one guy out, keep you in, and then it's still sort of. Oh, you've got the photo right there. Look at that. Oh my God! Look at how little you are. Holy Lord! Really little. Wow. Is this is this the the same era as the Feist photo? Well, we don't have to get into. All I that, think we should get into that. Yes. What? What? Okay. There's just you anyway, taking so photos. Yes, with... We've crossed paths before. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and it's good to see you again. Nice to see you. Well, that's remarkable. You know, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned boyhood. There's a connection there with uh, Jonas Bonetta too, right? That's right. 
Yeah, because Jonas just texted me as we were speaking, and I put my phone really? on. Do Jonas, if you're listening, I got your text, but I put my phone on Do Not. It reminded me that I had my phone not on Do Not Disturb during a call. <laughs> when I so get a text I, from Jonas, that's usually the signal for me to put my phone on Do Not yeah, Disturb. Yeah, I, I just I, I wrote him this morning to be like, man, this these Maybell records are super nice, and then he just texted me back, but I I don't know what he said. I just turned it off. So. Uh, weird small world. Sorry, uh, Fez, can you, uh, people listening may don't understand this. What's the connection between Jonas, boyhood, and you two, and you and, uh, you at Hillside in 2005? Boyhood is Kaylee Ronsman, who I was at Hillside with in 2005. And Kaylee <laughs> is partners, uh, with Jonas. They live together and have a family together. And we've, Mabel has recorded both of our records. At the studio they have called Port William Sound. Yeah. And both Jonas and Kaylee play on both records as well. Amazing. What a weird small world that just came together over technology. Well, it's nice mm -hmm. to see you. I'm sorry. I forgot to ask, uh, Fez, and I know you got someone there with you. We'll get to that in a moment, but where, where in the world are you? I'm in, uh, Consecon, Prince Edward County, Ontario. Consecon. I don't believe I'm familiar with that. Uh, it's, that's no, but maybe you've heard of Prince Edward County? Prince Edward County is all the rage. It's like the Hamptons yeah. for indie musicians in Canada. They're, oh, I'm going to, sorry, I didn't, that's disparaging. I didn't mean that. But <laughs> every time <laughs> I, someone tells me they're going, uh, on a little retreat, they go to Prince Edward County. It's all the rage, is it not? It's kind of become a hot spot. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Belleville, which is, uh, just across the bridge from here. Yeah, it wasn't always such a so Hampton Hamptons to is that out, the, but is that the wrong wrong distinction? Like it just seems like I no, I think that's fair. Honestly, yeah, it's yeah. become like pretty full of like you know now a coffee in the county costs like six dollars, right? That's and what like I, you yeah. see a bunch of expensive haircuts around and stuff. Yeah, and that was unimaginable at one point. But uh, I've been living here for uh, about a year and a half. This time I've lived here before. I, I but yeah, in this particular house, yeah, year okay. and a half. Also uh, left Montreal for Prince Edward County and right. gathering. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, weird, weird connections for you and me. And uh, mm -hmm. sorry, did we encounter each other when you were thirteen and I was at Hillside in two thousand five? And if so, was I nice? Was <laughs> I not? I never know how this is going to go. I don't believe we met. No, I, uh, I mean, I no, I, there wouldn't have been any reason for us to talk unless you were like pushing past me because I was much smaller than... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that doesn't else. sound like me, though. No, I don't think so. I, so 2005, <laughs> I would have been like 27. So there's no reason why we would have... I mean, 13, you were there with your parents, I assume, or no? I was there with Kaylee's parents. Kaylee's parents, there you go. Hmm. Right, well, yeah, great. we were... Uh, yeah, anyway. That's good. That's great. That's awesome. All right, well, thanks for being back on the... Or, sorry. Thanks for having me on your show and then not posting the episode. That seems about right. <laughs> and secondly, uh, thanks for making time uh, to be on my show. We'll see if it actually goes out. Now, uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren, Lauren, are you there? I'm here. Nice, yeah. nice to see you. Uh, how are things going? Very well. I'm. I feel very giddy being here. The four of us, like our band, we haven't connected like this in a while. We have kind of a group text that we're active in, but. I haven't seen these shining faces all together in a sec, so I'm happy. Oh, well, that's lovely. I'm glad I uh, could help facilitate that on some level. Um, why I, I gather it's geography. When was the last time you were all in the same space? This past summer, Al came back 
for her sister's wedding. So she was in Canada and we caught a glimpse. We actually probably only saw each other for like 48 hours, like all together and like did a photo shoot. <laughs> we, we had a small window of time to like catch up and also get down to business. So, uh, yeah, I think we reconnected and, and did our, our album promo shoot and how do we drink? Oh. It was uh, explosive. It was so fun. Sounds like we drank we. No, <laughs> a we drink. Ew, Fez. No, no. We just caught up and we had a blast. It was so fun. Mm. But I don't even know when we're gonna see each other next. Really? Um, no, Ben. You got a IRL. Got an amazing album coming out and stuff. There's no. Uh... We do. Yeah, yeah. As a band, not not great at like the planning side. I would say. I definitely want to play a show, but we don't have anything on the books, boys. So <laughs> yeah. we got to figure it out. But yes, we're releasing an album in a week. Yeah, as we're speaking um, in a week. Yeah. Well, that's both nice and sad at the same time. I'm glad we're convening. I'm sorry. There's no. There's no future for Mabel. That's uh. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing always a on. future. Yeah. There's always a future. <laughs> there's that's, always a future for us, but even by accident. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like our entire project has been kind of by accident in a really nice way. Now, uh, Lauren, I see you are sitting there with Fez. You two uh, cohabitate. Is that fair? We do not. No, I'm just visiting. Oh, okay. Uh, I live. I live in Montreal. Um, oh. Yeah, just popping in for the weekend. Oh, it's, nice. It's so nice here. Did you? Yeah. Did you make this trip just to be on this call? No, I was coming anyway. I'm like. Thinking about a move. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, oh, visiting. I didn't know and, about that. Oh, I God. also didn't know about Everybody's that. Well, well. <laughs> this Hello. is what happens. Yeah, we like miss a lot. My lives five minutes away and she's telling me she's moving to Port William on well, a call. Or a port, it's, port, port, port we don't know. We don't know what's happening. But I'm just, I'm, I love the countryside and I've been in Montreal for like 11 years. Yes. Lo and I are the only ones that actually live in the same place. Okay. But I've, I don't know, I'm contemplating moving, but I don't, we, there's nothing, nothing planned fully. You know, so there's yeah. nothing better than a good old fashioned Zoom revelation. So sorry, everyone, that you're mm-hmm. shocked at this news, uh, <laughs> that there might be a move, but this is what happens. Well, uh, maybe we'll get to this, uh, as we go here and talk mm-hmm. about this band, about why you might, uh, uh, wanted to get, well, you know what? No, why? What you just, you're just sick of Montreal? Everyone seems to, this, uh, this is taking a weird tone. Everyone <laughs> hates Montreal in this band, except for maybe one person at the moment. They no. Don't, they don't hate it. I mean, they're just leaving. I'm sorry, but it's a hard city to live in. I love it. Have I you? also, I mean, I wouldn't even say I'm like bilingual at all. I'm so bad at French and, uh, it's hard to like feel like it's fully my home. I feel like, guilty all the time and i mean ali has inspired me to like try a new place and have a new chapter oh i just i just don't totally know where it is and also it's nice i I live probably like a 10 15 minute walk away from low right now that will be hard to adjust to like it's such a great city because everything is so walkable and everyone lives so close yeah um, that we are spoiled in that way. I know, Ali. I mean, in London, you have Terrible. to just, like plan. No. Quality of like, life in Montreal coffee. is like the best 
ever it will ever be like Big i back box. i back montreal forever and ever okay i think sometimes we, we've won it we've won 80 i yeah. think everyone all of you are going to end up back in montreal it's the best city of all the places maybe even somehow it is it's where good. it is what brought us together and uh mm-hmm. and we all have really interesting beautiful histories with each other that happened in that city yeah and yeah i'm forever grateful for i mean the friendships there are lifelong for sure Truly. Well, I'll tell you what. I live in Edmonton, Alberta now, and uh, we moved from Guelph, and I miss Guelph. Uh, I miss my mm-hmm. Ontario life uh, quite a bit. So it's it's normal. And I, I mean, sorry, it's also been um, exacerbated by a pandemic, right? So everything's sort of weird. Yeah. Like, I I find it weird, like, mm-hmm. that we moved at the exact time that the world changed forever kind of thing. And, uh, and then when you go back, mm-hmm. you're like, would I even, I don't even know. It just seems like a different world. So anyway, I'm sorry. I don't even know if I would engage with things the way I used to if I was back, but I do miss it. But do I miss the city or do I just miss things the way they were before the mm-hmm. pandemic? I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Totally. Anyway, this True, Conf- True yeah. Confessions podcast is not the point. I, I <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing that. We have neglected a one member of uh, Maybell here. Loris, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I know you just got some uh, earth-shattering news about one of your neighbors moving. I, I can see it in your face. This is a taking you back a little bit. Uh, taking you back. Uh, are you okay? Uh, my heart's fluttering. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Oh. No, of course I'm okay. I think the moment that I knew that everyone was going to leave was around April 2020. Uh, when we were in the mm-hmm. middle of the pandemic and Fez was just about, he had been, because Ali, Loren and I had been living together in like a cute little pseudo townhouse in Montreal and Fez was on his way to Texas. Um, and so he was staying at our house, I think for like a week or like on and off or something like that. And uh, I think in that moment, I kind of felt like, all right, you know, it's one of, I, yeah, I don't know. Some, I felt something in that moment that, it was mm. the beginning of all of us eventually going in different places. And then obviously soon enough, I think a year or two after, Ali, Loren, and I moved out to different places as well. Oh, wow. Sorry, Fez, when we spoke for that uh, podcast that I didn't uh, do a good enough job on uh, to, to warrant, warrant release, uh, were you in Texas at the time? I feel like this is coming. Is that possible? Yeah, I was. Yeah. and. To be clear, it's because I have not done a good enough job as a no, no, no. podcaster and editor. So the files are just sitting there. No, I mean, there's some real gold there, I think. I just uh, haven't gotten around to it. But I was in Texas, yeah. Sorry to uh, jump uh, from you there, Loris, but you mentioned That's Texas. Okay. Uh, this is just a geo- – it's like where in the world is Carmen San Diego for a podcast at this point? Everyone's all over the place. Uh, where? Uh, why were you in Texas again? I can't remember, Fez. Uh, Southwest Texas is just a place that I go. Um, I have like a little trailer out there in the desert and, um, just kind of one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, yeah. And so I go there sort of, uh, regularly and spend time out there. It's just very interesting guy. You got a trailer, just an abandoned trailer in <laughs> Texas that you just visit whenever you want. I get, I mean, is it, I, it's abandoned when I'm not there. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yes, I do. I mean, it's just, uh. Yeah, that's right. All right. I feel like you were couching your words carefully there, but that's good. I, uh, mm. I appreciate that. That's good. Thank you for that context. Okay. <laughs> Sorry there, uh, uh, Laura. So uh, uh, how long have you been in Montreal? Since 2012. And I moved here originally like many other people or some other people for a school. Okay. And I uh, just kept doing school and then some other things in between. And I'm still here. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. So, Loris, how did you meet uh, some of the people on this call? Not me. Everyone else. How did you actually encounter <laughs> one another? I'll start with uh, when I first met Ali. Ali was... Oh, I hope... Are you... Anyway, there's a kettle going off in the other room. <laughs> so, <laughs> I really apologize. That's okay. It's a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sign that our time is almost up. No, I'm just kidding. It's an alarm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, I met Ali uh, in my first year uh, at Concordia University. We were in philosophy, and I happened to be uh, friends with this one guy. Later on, that guy and Ali started dating, and I, Ali remembers our first encounter, me wearing sparkly purple socks or something like that. Anyway, uh, we became mm-hmm. good friends and continued on. Well, Ren, I met her through basically through mutual friends that I knew since high school and uh, they all moved many of them moved here and you know got to know Loren and uh, I think the first time I saw her was at a bar like in a bathroom or something it was just I remember I remember being obsessed with Lo my Yay. friend had a crush on her and I was like yeah I can see why I was just like so enamored I remember seeing you like you at a house party or something and me like approaching you and like just wanting to be your friend so hardcore. Oh. I yeah, thought she was well. so cool. She's so cool. Loris mm-hmm. is so cool. Yeah. Uh, good. Come on, guys. And Ew. then, uh, <laughs> thank you so much, though. Um, and then with Fez, I met Fez. I remember one time Fez was also dating someone and um, first probably saw him at this house. And I thought, who is this man? And uh, anyway, it turned out that, well, we were in, <laughs> became in a, well, we, we made two albums. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, I don't know, all through mutual friends, really. Uh, and then Mabel just kind of, we just started playing some music in a living room years ago. Okay. And then I just kept it, you know, growing. But basically, that's how we all, it, it was uh, time and place, time, place, people. That's how I come, I have come to know all these great people in my life. Well, that's, uh, that- AKA. <laughs> so an excellent and uh, succinct summation of uh, this meeting and and uh, th- mm. these relationships. Thank you so much, Loris. But uh, I must ask: Does anyone uh, can anyone punch any holes in Loris's story? Mm. Is anything wrong? Uh, Ali, were you actually into Prince and ha- wearing purple? Uh, were you no- how mm. how how accurate was Loris's account, uh, Ali? Not, I, did she say something about Prince? What? Did she you said say purple, Prince? Purple, no, no, pur- purple, purple socks. Purple, purple socks. Yeah, just, no, it was purple sorry, socks. my references are going to be a little older. I'm a little uh, older than you guys. I wish, I wish I grew up with Prince. I didn't. It's an absolute. Prince was a folk singer from Minnesota. He's much like Bob Dylan. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. I have to say, love my parents, but I wish they raised me on Prince. Yeah, their their musical capacity was potentially a little limited growing up. Hmm. So yeah. No Prince, love Prince now. The accuracy, I think, very accurate. I think, um, I think, yeah, we've all like fallen in love with each other as friends in really different, beautiful ways. And it's like Montreal works in these kind of cycles through university, I think, like you make your friends and then you come out and you make new friends. And like when you're trying to find work and be an adult and we all kind of met in these like interesting rotations. And I think, yeah, we, we started the, band the three of us and then fez mm-hmm. joined fez was a later recruit and it only really felt complete when fez was there mm-hmm. but it was a really sweet humble beginning 
still humble. Lorraine? We, we started singing together, the three of us, I remember, after the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. I see. And we had, we had like a support group going where we would just like gather and talk and share. And that's when I remember starting to sing with you guys, right? Yeah. Because it just seemed like a nice activity to do to kind of take our minds off of everything. Mm -hmm. So then... On Ellie's couch, I think. And I also was obsessed with Ali and I wanted so badly to play music with these girls. Yeah. I remember like some old horrible recording of us singing something. Yeah. Um, you guys were, you guys were in bands though and playing music. And I remember, I mean, Lo and uh -huh. I had known each other for a while, but then Loren and I became friends in like 2017, right? Yeah. yeah 2017. Mm -hmm. um, we worked the same <laughs> job. I think our first band was called Egg. And in fact, Egg. I think we even oh, yeah. have a poster. Egg. Yeah. Egg. Uh, for yeah. our first show. Terrible. And I think we were like, horrible, we horrible name. Try? Yeah. Egg. I, I pick up on a, a special uh, dynamic here. Um, uh, Loren, uh, besides me, is there anyone that you've encountered that you don't become obsessed with? You've said this about. <laughs> I uh, have. Definitely. <laughs> I feel like when making friends, I really like set my sights on someone and i'm uh -huh. like you're mine you're for me i did it with fez i did it with everyone here where <laughs> i was like i see something here and i i want i want to keep it near me fez i remember we met and <laughs> i loved his music this was like 11 years ago i heard like a demo or something that he did and i was like i want to play music with this guy i barely knew him but i feel like that is a quality that i possess is like being very assertive with my friendships. So the answer is the answer together. is no. There's no one that you've encountered nope. that you don't become slightly obsessed with. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, that's good that you know that. <laughs> yeah. So we're not special. <laughs> no, no. These are just uh, yeah, just a couple players in my life. Of the week. Yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. I, I find it. Uh, I, I'm heartened by the story that you were in a support group and began singing together. And, uh, mm -hmm. Loris, I neglected to ask you this question, but Allie said something. I'll go to Allie on this first because Allie said something about her parents, uh, terribly pedestrian musical tastes and how <laughs> it was just a sheltered no. life. Sorry. I'm this whole, oh, the no. whole show is me misconstruing things you just said on the record and, <laughs> and distorting them. But no, Allie, can you talk a little bit about what the, uh, music in your house was like? What you heard? What got you singing? Um, as a young person, mm -hmm. I suppose. No, I actually, I do have some great references, but they're very specific. I think, yeah, we moved around the world growing up. So we moved every like four or five years. So I don't have a very clear base. And I think that influenced a lot of the music I grew up with, not being like what my friends grew up with when I moved to Canada, like very different. But yeah, I guess like loosely, my dad would play a lot of world music. And I feel like... Yeah, I, I think when when I was about four, I remember we had a family band and we would play the Rolling Stones in our um, living room and I would play the drums on like Duplo. Um, so music, music at dinner, music on the weekend, music was always playing in the house. But I, I guess I like had to learn about my own canon yeah. kind of going into university, and especially with like folk and folk and country. I had to learn about what I liked I would say it was like 19 years old onwards. Like I was kind of a late music bloomer. Okay. Um, so I didn't really, I guess, yeah, I didn't really explore fully until I moved to Montreal. So Montreal was very formative for me exploring music and also seeing live music. I'd like never really been a gig girl. Yeah. And then it became the only thing that I really loved. So yeah, 
late late bloomer. And do you do you mentioned the drums as a child? Uh, but did you do you play any instruments as well, or primarily a vocalist? I do not play the drums. Yeah, I'm actually terrible at instruments. Um, <laughs> I'd say vocalist. I learned the flute and the piano when I was a kid. I'm very decent at guitar. Mm. I'm scared of the guitar. I find it very difficult. Mm. But yeah, I think I don't have a lot of discipline with learning instruments. And I think I could uh, one day get into something new. But I think the voice is where I feel most at peace. And I sang a lot as a kid. And so it feels very like, yeah, inner child alignment, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks for explaining that. Uh, Loris, back to you. Similar kinds of questions in terms of uh, what got you into singing and what got you into music. Can you trace that a little bit for us? Uh, Yes, I can start off with my grandfather, who was an opera singer during the communist regime in Albania. (laughs) Of course he was. That makes sense. And then uh, I will send it off. And then from there... Uh, you know, then my mom learned, he was a, like the head of the music school in Albania and then taught my mom the violin. And then my mom taught me the violin since I was five. So I, from five years old to 19, I was a classically trained violinist and uh, didn't get to the, into the schools that I wanted to. And then around 19, I thought, well, I'm just going to go and study philosophy then. But basically, um, I grew up listening to classical music big fan of Mozart and Bach and but yeah classical music was always always at CDs in the car I had to memorize exactly you know it was just helpful when I was preparing for recitals and things like that Mm. and because I'm Albanian lots of Albanian music lots of Serbian music we had a lot of like Serbian um, tapes and yeah in terms of more like pop music and indie music that came I think probably when I was in high school because I went to an art school and that ska was very big Mm. (laughs) so uh, we would go to you know Toronto and there were lots of venues there at the time so I think that was sort of just uh, the beginning of I guess I was probably yeah 14 or 15 the beginning of uh, exploring music that was beyond classical music and baroque music and all Mm. that and uh, I guess uh, I taught myself how to play the guitar around my friends, you know, watching them play. Um, I never really wanted to go on YouTube. I didn't really like to watch other... I, I just was more of like an in-person, like I will learn to play this instrument. And because, you know, it's not too far off from, a, you know, the violin. Of course, it's just another string instrument. But um, I guess like, you know, during orchestra... Like, uh, you just, like, wait around and see what the conductor, you know, if he was, like, talking to the trombone section, then you just sort of be plucking at it like a guitar. So I think finally I got my chance when I was, like, 20, bought a ukulele, and then worked out from there. <laughs> wow. So, sorry, you, you sound like a ringer, to be honest. Like, mm. you, you got you got it all going on there. That's amazing. Uh, do you play? Oh, and, so, and sorry for those uh, who may not be familiar, uh, Mozart, Bach. Folk singers from Minnesota. Uh, now, you, you mentioned uh, a couple of things there that I want to uh, ask about. Uh, uh, in terms of the instrumentation that you have a background in, do you bring that to Mabel, or are you primarily focused again on, on the vocals? I think from what I remember is when we first started singing and we thought, oh, you know, let's try and play this one show at this one bar called a bar venue called Barfly. Um, Loren had been actually subletting or some living at Fez's 
this one place that the Fez was living in, mm-hmm. and I brought the violin, and uh, that was the first time where I tried to play it like a fiddle, because it's basically the same instrument. You just mm-hmm. have to sort of play it differently. And so there were some types of songs that I played in the past that were more in like the like more like Scottish sort of music, yeah. but not really. So I kind of used what I I could, and it's a lot of just like droney sounds, and but it's actually really hard. And um, so th- that was the first moment I think when I started sort of playing it more like a fiddle but I have to say it was very hard for me because of the way that I was trained and it was all like reading music and so playing it more in an improvised way was very difficult uh so yeah but I got a chance at doing that and it never really went too far actually uh I think uh, we were on this one island doing like a small little residency in uh, Nova Scotia and uh, like I think it was in 2019 and that was where I was trying to play trying to practice it more like a fiddle but um, I didn't push myself too hard, I think. There's just some beautiful um, musical textures in this in the sound that you have created. It's really haunting. And uh, the instrumentation, I know the, sorry, for some maybe, it would be uh, not unusual for people to really uh, home in on the vocal harmonies and the beauty in that. But I do find that yeah. as I listen more, I'm like, man, the music is super fascinating and interesting. And I hope that doesn't get lost. So... I want to get to where that comes from in a in a moment. I hope. Um, anyway, my question. So so sorry, um, Loris. Do you play music on Mabel Records? I do. Do I play music? You mean like instruments? Do yeah. I sorry. Like I know, sorry. I know oh, you're in yeah, the band. Yeah. I didn't mean. Are you just doing the books? I know you're in the band. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant. Uh, are you contributing to the instrumentation? Yes. Um, um, well, yeah. so then I, I started. I, I started becoming more into finger picking uh, yeah. uh, with the guitar so Fez was always someone that I looked up to because every single time that we would practice or just like hang around in the living room and just you know I, I just w- was uh, in awe of his uh, finger picking style so I would just uh, I would either borrow Loren or Ali's guitar before I bought my own only a couple months ago okay. so I just was uh, yeah just obsessed with like learning how to get certain chords and phrases obviously I'm not as uh, skilled as Fez is for example but basically yes I play the guitar I play the violin just those two really and then we kind of whenever we would be at Fort William and the recording studio with Jonas uh, we would just sort of fool around with whatever whatever since they had things like that so yeah okay appreciate that thank you and I'm sorry for um, having not seen you live yet Uh, and I think (laughs) I started I don't know if I this was on the record or not I'm I think I said this during the chat that we were having uh, on the record here that I'm I was not as familiar with this band until recently, and now I'm quite much like Ali. I'm a little obsessed, and I, I want to know more. And so I appreciate this background. Forgive my ignorance if, if things are obvious to you and I don't know them, but uh, that's usually what happens with me. I don't know anything. I just make stuff up as I go. Not many people know this band, yeah, I would I think say. This is our it's, first interview. Yeah. Your first interview? Yeah. We, we have Your first never- interview ever? We're so excited. We- Oh man! Yeah, I'm, we've been waiting. We've been I'm, waiting so, for this. I'm sorry that this is your first interview. This is not good. No, <laughs> well, you know what? It's kind of weird. Oh, perfect. You know, we're. I think. Uh, I guess some would say a little mysterious. I think there was one tiny little bloop, some tiny little thing, like in a column on Exclaim saying, "Whatever happened to Mabel?" Like they just put oh, out yeah. one album and then just that's it. Like you, anyway. There's already where are they? Where are they now? Columns about this band. That I yeah. just found out. Now I feel really out of touch. Okay, I, I should have been paying more attention. Anyway, Loris, I really appreciate that background. I want to go to Fez uh, because uh, Fez, again, as you can tell, I'm trying to do some research on the fly. 
Can you give us a, a sense of, uh, and everyone seems to be pointing to you as a, as a key, uh, figure in this particular configuration, uh, almost, uh, I don't want to say musical director, but I'm getting that sense a little bit here. Um, forgive me if that's incorrect. Tell us about your, um, history with music, how you got into it. Uh, and then I've got a sense of how this, uh, social configuration came about, but how this band, um, actually came about. Can you do some of that, uh, heavy lifting for us there, Fizz? Sure. I, uh, oh, I mentioned I grew up in Belleville, Ontario, which at one point was actually, you know, kind of a tour stop for indie music in Canada. Mm-hmm. But I was like super young. Um, but I'm the youngest of four children. And so, so anyway, I, you know, I have the privilege of like finding out about cool music and bands from my older siblings, my parents too, but. Um, but my eldest brother, Bram Geelan, who is a musician. Um, oh, that's weird. Sorry. I just had Joseph Shabison on. Yes. And, and I, I know, and I was, was you know, how you, you tag people. Sorry. What'd you say? Did you say you liked the conversation? I just, yes, sorry, I, I picked up on a rare compliment and I, I, my ears, <laughs> someone said something nice I'm about a, me. <laughs> I'm a long time listener. I appreciate it. I'm just being silly. I'm sorry. I just, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was tagging people in the post who contributed to Joseph's album. And I was like, Bram Geelan, who is this? And I just, I added it and I, and then Bram, I believe shared it maybe even. There you go. <laughs> so what? Oh yeah. So, um, there were shows happening in Belleville and, um, for some, like he was a teenager and I was like, you know, 10 and or 11. And for some reason he would let me tag along with him and go to these shows. And so I sort of, uh, very early on became like, Obsessed with, uh, word of the day, you know, music. <laughs> and like, um, and so very early on started like writing songs and, you know, um, had like a little band and stuff. Anyway, so I mean, that, I mean, that was like the formative music thing for me, I think. Um, great, yeah, Canadian bands and non Canadian bands coming through Belleville. And, um, then, well, so yeah, I, I was writing songs and playing music at a young age. And then I moved to Montreal for school, dropped out of school and, and was playing music still. But then at some point kind of, I, I sort of stopped, um, like in my early twenties, like not entirely, but I stopped performing and writing for a while, you know, kind of classic, like early twenties, young man, kind of dark not super dark anyway but I, you know what whatever something happened and i sort of lost all my confidence and huh. stuff like this and then um well because of loren's obsession with me um <laughs> no but i mean i was you know she did kind of like she had heard recordings of my music old ones and kind of like courted me to like play music with her or at the time it was mabel it was uh, these three and so they sort of pulled me in and i yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like owe a lot to these three for um, like bringing music back into my life in a, a way oh. where I was uh, playing music and writing songs again, and I love them so much. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, so they had already sort of been cooking and writing songs and singing together, yeah. and then they brought me in at some point. And no, I, I wouldn't say I'm a musical director or anything. Okay, like that. appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely helped well, shape it, though. Buzz did come in because of the tour with Eliza, no? Wasn't it that uh, the Eli- time? Eliza, Ni- also- Eliza Niemi, is that who you're Niemi. referring to? Yeah, exactly. Formerly of yeah. uh, Mauno and uh, 
Also yeah, a, a, exactly. a folk singer from Minnesota, if I may continue to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, our collective idol icon. No, we all... all Liza's the best. I love Liza Liza very much. Um, One of the funniest people I've ever encountered in this business of ours as well. She's a hoot. Yeah, yeah. sorry to interrupt you there, Allie. So true. I think Fez, um, because I remember... So that tour was in 2020 with Liza. Nope, 2019. No, 2019. Sorry, 2019. So we'd been playing and, and yeah, and then... And then we knew we needed to bring someone on for some mm-hmm. instrumental mm-hmm. support. Yeah, we, <laughs> and that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of Mabel is just like various people's generosity, kind of glomming together. Because like, yeah, we didn't have a record or anything, and Eliza no. did, and was doing this East Coast tour, and brought us along with her. Mm-hmm. And I um, think that was wait, what, that was the beginning of April of 2019. 2019. Okay. There was yeah. 2019, 20, and then in in November. Mm-hmm. We we recorded the first album. That's right, and then we made our yeah. first record, Gathering, and I mean, I think I don't know if this is too much history, but I think like no, no, yeah, it all. kind of came together, and it was like sort of a spark, and we made a record, and I I don't know about I won't speak for all of us, but I didn't necessarily think maybe would go beyond that mm. necessarily, partly because Mabel everyone was, was moving go, away and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But then uh, Ide Fix liked the record and they signed us and suddenly we owed them a second record. And, <laughs> and we've really been blessed to like be, we sort of had to make more music together. It, it seems to me that you have a very lovely family type dynamic. It's It sounds very familial and I appreciate all this background. Lorraine, I want to ask you the same questions uh, everyone else has been mm-hmm. fielding about your background in music. Um, as we go, I'm starting to pick up on how the band works, but I hope we can also get to how songs are, are sparked in this group. I'm still not exactly clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, having designated Fez as musical director and having that debunked, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how a song in this configuration gets started, uh, lyrically, uh, arrangement-wise, these sorts of things. It sounds like it's something you work on together, but those sparks are always um, important, and sometimes in bands... One or two people are responsible for Sparks. I would not be surprised if that's not the case here, and it's a full democracy. I've gone on and on with this leading question. Lorraine, first of all, can you talk about your background? How did you get into music as a young person mm-hmm. and start singing and uh, and maybe even playing? Uh, both my parents are musicians. They're teachers primarily, but my mom plays mandolin, and my dad is a singer-songwriter. He plays folk music. So music was a big part of my upbringing. And my mom kind of got bit by the bluegrass bug when I was a teenager. And um, Ooh, the bluegrass bug. That rubbed off that on hurts. me. Yeah. The bluegrass bug, those <laughs> things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, stayed with me that bite. It's, I, yeah, it, it really got me. I became obsessed through, wow, obsessed with, obsessed again, obsessed with bluegrass, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Ding, 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 um, through her. And um, moved to Montreal, and I didn't really find, like, a folky or bluegrass community. So I think I kind of, like, forced that upon Lo and Ali a bit, just because I <laughs> love singing three-part harmonies. It's and actually, I was like, <laughs> I think it's true. I didn't know anything about folk before Loren. I really wanted to sing with people in that way. Just, I love, like, the harmony that's in, like, bluegrass. So that's my background, but you were asking about how songs take shape. 
I was asking about that as well. Yeah. All of us write separately and have started、mm. writing together. So for the first record, it was Ali, Lo, and I that wrote the songs. We have songs that we that we wrote individually.、Um, and then, as Lo was referencing, we did like a residency out east where we wrote together. And then with this new record, we have Fez's. Songs for the first time, which is really exciting because he's one of my favorite songwriters ever. And Ali and I wrote a song together on this new record. Lo wrote the bangers. I will say she comes out of nowhere with just like the hottest、yeah. track I've ever heard in my life. And what she- are some examples of such bangers, if <laughs> I may、um, interject? There's、uh, one of the singles is called Matters, and、mm-hmm. uh, as soon as she started playing it, I was like, "Yep, let's go." Um, there's another song called "Rebloom" that I love. That was a single as well. Yeah. Oh, so literally the single. They're not just bangers. They're the singles. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Singles. No, no doubt. <gasps> Loris, yeah. No, no, yeah. Loris wrote all the all three singles. Yeah. Iconic. Loris,、uh, what makes you such a pop、uh, superstar exactly <laughs> that、uh, you're responsible for all the singles? What do you think? Um, I don't know what to say because I, like I said, like earlier, growing up, I was there was no words in songs. I was it was always instrumentals, you know, like with classical music. So it's not like I grew up writing songs. I only started writing songs because of this band, and I think it was a way. It was kind of like a practice, you know. Like when I wrote these three songs, it was during the pandemic, and I told myself, "All right, I'm just gonna try and write a song like every day." It'll just be short. It'll just be kind of just like writing, you know. It's kind of like an exercise. And so, of the ones that I was writing, just like little bleeps and bloops here and there, these ones kind of came out relatively easy because it was obviously very reflective time. Yeah. Some of them were created in my mind faster than others,、uh, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think it, it was. Yeah, truly, except for matters, most of the songs that I have written were just sort of. Kind of exercises for me. I, I one of the things I marvel at in when listening to the new record、uh, Gloam. I hope am I pronouncing that correctly? I hope I am.、Mm-hmm. It's Gloam.、Yeah. You got it.、Mm-hmm. Are just the decisions. There's just some cool decisions. Like all at once, the chorus. If I may, I'll speak, sing it. To I'm not going to sing it, but it, for those <laughs> who haven't heard it yet, it's the chorus is ostensibly all at once, all at all at once. That's just a very simple. I, I I hope I know this doesn't come across as like well yeah that doesn't sound like a big deal at all, Vish. But、uh, for those listening, but there's just a little that's a little bit of decision making, or the the song I believe it's the last song on the record for nothing. There's just phrasing choices and arrangement choices that are uplifting. I don't know how to put it. I'm just like that's a very straightforward turn of phrase,、uh, but the decision making involved is ingenious to me. To make it sort of an earworm, and、um, mm. I just wonder how these things come about. We focused a lot of attention on、um, uh, Loris's amazing abilities, but、uh, is no. But I also I I would like to say I cannot take credit. I, I start off with something small, and then it just snowballs with these guys. I, it would not be what it is right now without their help. No way. Well, this this that's、no、a、way. really good way of putting it. What I was and I was clumsily trying to say that it's very accessible in that sense. So it's it seems like a small thing to phrase a line like all at all at once that way, but then I can't. It doesn't leave. It's not. It's a huge thing for me <laughs> on this record that it doesn't leave me 
So I don't know if I have a question. Per- well, let's get to that. Who's responsible, I guess, for that particular or those kinds of decisions? And and, and it's that specific song. Who wants to own up and take credit for this? Ali. Yes. All at once. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that um, little that little choice you made in terms of how to convey that, mm. that just came to you, obviously, but I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Specifically, that one started quite simple. But yeah, I'll usually write very, maybe differently to most. So I'll start with words and then a melody, and then I bring it to the team. Yeah. And I would try and have sort of like, instrumental composition as the last so i guess i i'll usually write songs in like the form of poetry or something like yeah. words it sounds yeah. it sounds it's the sound of the words too I'm, I'm sorry i've been very immersed in the world of uh, uh nirvana lately because i've, I've there's a new book out by michael azarad uh where he take i don't know if you guys know this band uh nirvana not from minnesota not folk singers <laughs> uh but they um Kurt Cobain had this way of just like Michael asserts that Kurt just had a way of taking words and putting them in the right spots like that's basically it if they don't make a ton of sense but he just had a way of hitting them a certain way and I'm not suggesting that Mabel is anything like Nirvana but it's on my mind that people's choices as much as what they're saying like the way they hit the words in the rest of the arrangement is actually a huge thing. I mean, again, this is probably pop songwriting 101. I just want to commend you all. I feel like you have this, this ability to take a few accessible, straightforward phrases and make them heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a rare gift. I'm just, this isn't a, it's a complex question at this point. I don't know if I have a question per se, but Ali, you bring an idea like this to the band. How much workshopping, how much back and forth is going on with you and the other members um, when people bring in their individual mm-hmm. song ideas? I mean, this one I remember fully writing and mulling over for months. Like I wrote the whole thing. And because the guitar was pretty easy, I brought the easy guitar to the table. And, and then all the production we figured out together, more or less like on the spot at Port William. Mm. The amazing thing I think that everyone must know about Gloam is we did live together through the time that we wrote it. And I think a lot of us moving in together was about being able to spend time writing. That being said, it was a very spliced up couple years and very independent and at times isolating. And, and we had a lot of space away from each other and together. But it, it was kind of like everyone was, I remember everyone being very busy in their own worlds for those years but then we had so much time to work on our own things and we'd bring them, we'd bring them to like the, the collective. So yeah, I think it's different with every song. Yeah. I will say a lot of the production is often worked out on, on the spot, on the go mm. with less so with the second album, but. I agree with that. But I, I do remember there was this one night we were, cause in my memory, <laughs> a lot of the time, like, you know, Fez would come over because Ali and and Loren and I were living together. And so we'd come over and we'd sit in the living room and then just start, you know, playing songs, sharing songs. And then, but with all at once specifically, Ali was like, here's a song. I don't know what we can do with it. If it, Mm -hmm. you know, is anything that we can build. And then as soon as, you know, one of us sees something, yeah, like let's try and like, you know, exercise this more. Then I do remember 
yeah, just being in the living room and just coming up with different ways that we could develop the track. But yes, like Ali's saying, a lot of it is kind of like, we don't know what's going to be when it's recording week. So it's a lot of experimenting. Yeah. But in terms of like a foundation, in terms of experimentation, I think a lot of that come from living room sessions. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the time too, you're just bringing it and you're like, is this trash or is this not trash? And then you have people around you that are like, okay. And like, those are the ones that, those are the ones that are workshopped. And then it gives you confidence to be like, okay, yeah. I'll continue in my writing process. Oh, but I, I yeah, was Loren, thinking, was like, I, well, I remember me and you in a yurt at one point during our recording week splitting off, but that was a different song. What song was that? The sting. That was I was the like, sting. I remember us coming up sting. with, yeah, that was, that's the only song that Al and I've written together, just the two of us, right? Mm-hmm. That week, it was hilarious. I just want to give a little bit of a spiel. I'm excited about that song because it's, it's amazing. I was in my, that week, I was just finishing my last week at, at grad school. And so I just, I get into the studio and the girls are like, we've just written a song and finished it. And I was like, what? Uh, so what are, what are we all going to do then? Like, what else yeah, can yeah. we add to this on the spot? Anyway, that's my little uh, preface. It was so, it was hard. I remember we were sort of sweating over it because yeah. Jonas was so excited. He was like, the bridge is amazing. Because Loren and I, <gasps> Loren and I, had, yeah. I would say, right? Different writing styles, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had to really totally. come together and like complement each other's strengths. And it mm-hmm. was an amazing learning, I think. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. Fez, when you have four different songwriters uh, working on things the way you are, and now you're starting to collaborate more by the sounds of what uh, everyone was just saying, it can be tricky to have a coherent expression on an album, like for the songs to kind of cohere, I suppose. Has there been any articulation of a kind of a f- philosophical approach to what you want to sing about per se um i pick up on a lot of feeling in all of the music it's a lot of and within that some some thoughts and and deep thoughts and those sorts of things but have you had these kinds of conversations fez the the hard conversations a band might have to have of like what do we want to kind of stand for what are we writing about together um has that been articulated at all i think if it hasn't been like articulated in that way you know as we're getting closer to like recording week, we start figuring out what the shape of things is. And because we're like all best friends, you know, we're like talking about what's going on in our lives anyway. And so there's some understanding of what we're all writing about, I think. And then um, some of us brought more songs than others. And, and, you know, leading up to the time we had booked at the studio, I think we, threw a couple out and sort of, yeah, just discussed what would make it. And it was based on, I don't know, the shape that the whole thing was sort of taking on its own, just based on like the material that everyone had brought. Uh, does well, this make well, sense? It does. When ban- bands who uh, live together, tour together, spend a lot of time, li- uh, spend a lot of time together, they, if they have separate writers, you sent, you tend to find a shared experiential threads as they write mm-hmm. individually. This is interesting. You're kind of geographically disparate. I think it's telling that one of you suggested that you did live together while writing some of these songs, I think you said. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, you might by osmosis start writing about kind of similar things. But now that the band's mm-hmm. kind of separated, I wonder if that's as easy. Has it been more of a challenge 
I'll go to Loren on this. Has it been more of a challenge to write Maybell songs as you are not all in the same cities? Mm-hmm. I think we haven't been like consciously writing during this period. Lo and I wrote a song together a couple months ago, and that was like the only thing that I was like, oh, maybe this could be a Mabel song. I think we're very touch and go with this band because it's always been based on our friendship and like sharing songs with each other. And the fact that we have a label now is like kind of hilarious and great and like exciting, but that was never the goal with this project. It was all about just like us kind of making things and seeing what happened. So we all also have separate projects so yeah, we have like so solo bands. Um, so I, what I've been hearing over the last couple of months is more like people writing their own material rather than writing for the band. Well, and and the term gloam, if I understand things correctly, it it sort of mean is it a Scottish term? It means transition of some kind. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a certain twilight. It means like twilight. Mm-hmm. Oh, twilight. So that literally the transition from uh, uh, what would that be? Day to night? No, night to day. I can't night remember which. That, yeah, thank you. Day to night. Da- yeah, thanks. Yeah, I don't know anything. I just live in my little bunker here, and I don't know what any mm-hmm. words mean. Um, <laughs> so, does that notion of transition speak to where the band's at in any particular way? I'll go to Loris on this. You think? I think so. I think that because the songs were written during the pandemic, most of them, uh, or some of them, a good amount. Um, I think that was sort of a transition period of obviously becoming more, you know, reflective. Yeah. Individually, collectively, uh, so on. And now that we are out of that period and, you know, now we are transitioning into now where basically this album is coming out very soon. It's, it, it takes on a different meaning of transition. And I think it's not, for me, it's not supposed to imply anything in particular. I think it's just a general theme of transition and who knows what, what the next Mabel meeting point is going to be, where it's going to be, how it's going to be. But I think I'm excited about it. I, I believe that something will happen and it will continue to happen. It's a very mysterious band. I think one of you already alluded to the fact that you haven't done a lot of press. There's some <laughs> enigmatic qualities here. You seem to be going with the flow but and are excited to work together. But you also uh, don't know what's going to happen next. It seems like a good enough thread to probe this a little bit. Ali, I I mean, I feel like we've talked a little bit about the record. I hope we talked about it enough. I I think it's something that people need to hear. I'll say that, first of all. I think to experience for themselves and pick up on the meanings, because I'm I'm just quite uh, taken with the the sound of it all, and I'm still processing maybe what some of it means. I like the turns Mm -hmm. of phrases I've said, but... Uh, getting back to my question, Ali, do you have a sense of what's next for Mabel at this point? Great question. Oh, I have so many good questions. It's Ooh, crazy. This I show think... should have just been called Great Questions <laughs> with Vishkana. <laughs> I think it's wild because I think sometimes life gets in the way of this band. And we've definitely felt that in, in many in, in the in the past years. But like, no matter what feels like it's priority, like this will always bring me back to a certain sense of happiness and hope and futurity in my life, you know? So I think like this past winter, I actually settled in pretty well here and was really excited to be here. But, you know, the band was actually like in my top two things that I missed and like 
physically craved, you know? So I think it's so, it's like become so important to us in a way that's hard to describe. And so I hope that whatever happens with, with our past, we can always make space for it. And the amazing thing is I don't think we actually need a lot of time for incredible Mm -hmm. things to happen together. And I feel very lucky. I think the time we spend together is very quality and very, very true. So I, I don't know what is next, but I do know it's important. And I do know that it's kept us connected to something above and outside of ourselves for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it gave so much uh, space to, to holding on and feeling okay during very difficult years. So yeah. I feel honored to have spent my 20s, mid to late 20s working on this project. I mean, they're all a bit older, so they're now their 30s. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel honored. And I think I think we all are going to just continue to grow into our, our own worlds. And I hope we can always, yeah, make space for this project. I think touring would be great on a more pragmatic answer. I think we we all really are, would love to see what that looks like. And that would take a lot of work. Um, mm. But yeah. So hopefully live live shows that we haven't done literally in four years. So, yeah, I feel like something significant happened and that might be impeding your ability to have <laughs> uh, yeah. a lot of live shows. But I appreciate that very heartfelt and uh, emotional response to one of my great, great questions. Thank you for that, mm-hmm. uh, Allie. Uh, uh, I'm going to go to Lauren. Lauren, are you guys sort of trading ideas long distance? Like, are you that kind of those kinds of people at this point where you'd be like, I got something and then you email it or send a zip file or something to each other. Not really. We will share songs if we're excited about them. That hasn't happened in a while. Yeah. It's right now. It's more about like the excitement for this upcoming release. Okay. I think it makes me feel like connected to all these guys and close. I mean, Ali's like in a completely different time zone and, as she said, she hasn't had internet. So it's like, it's fun to have this collective countdown. It just makes me feel like we're in the same place. Nice. Okay. Well, I think, I think we, we do sort of bring, make things happen through by any means, you know, like as much as we said, we were like together in the same apartment doing some of the writing that was like a brief period, but then really I feel like a lot of the time leading up and making this record, we were in different places and our schedules were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally incongruous. But then like eventually, you know, we made it to the studio together and like cobbled something together and it all felt kind of scary because the songs weren't all finished. Mm. And then, you know, we didn't even complete it in that time. And then the file sort of sat for like months, yeah. many, many yeah. months. And then... And then- Sorry to interject. Fez literally saved it. Fez and Jonas, I will say, cleaned up. Yeah. We had a, wow. yeah, we didn't have a plan. It was mm. kind of sitting there dead for a while and missing uh, a lot of elements. When I think we all kind of became a bit afraid of it because it was these unfinished projects and we weren't totally happy with it. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, I think, you know, Ide Fix sort of hold us responsible. So occasionally we get a fire under our ass or like a deadline and then we like become hyper-focused and we like mm-hmm. make it happen, you know? And um, yeah, we should mention that Jonas who has acted as like sort of co-producer on both these records, we owe a lot to him from mm-hmm. like how these records sound he's, and come together. He, he's getting to the point where I can tell it's a Jonas record 
It's a Jonas. <laughs> I can. He's getting to this point now where I'm like, oh, this might be a Jonas joint. It kind of sounds like something he would have made. And then sure enough, when I look in a liner note now, I'm like, yep, Jonas was involved. Yeah. <laughs> so he's developing a I'm, I'm being sort of silly, but I'm saying he's um, developing idiosyncrasies, identifiable traits as a producer, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a magical thing. I've been um, a fan of his for a long, long time. And uh, I feel like he's been in the background a lot more of late, making helping people make records as opposed to making his own, his evening hymns as much. And um, this sounds like a Jonas record. So I appreciate you shouting him out because I meant to ask he's, about him. He's the Canadian Jack Antonoff. But better, <laughs> not Jack Antonoff. He's nothing like Jack Antonoff. You want to take that uh, back? Are you a little obsessed? Yeah, I want to take it back. <laughs> a little obsessed with Jack Antonoff? Are you there? Is exactly. that? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to drag Antonoff. He had uh, he had some good moments, but in my yeah. opinion, kind of lost it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, nothing to do with him. Jonas is a uh, good people. Yeah, sorry. Good people. Very good yeah. people. Also, Kaylee drums on this record. Eliza plays all over this yeah, record. Eliza There's Gammy. a lot of people. Yeah, and. I just sort of caught that we've all sort of been um, self-effacing about like low, maybe it made it seem like she tried fiddle with Mabel once and then gave it up, but she plays violin on both records <laughs> and Allie who uh, wrote that great song out once plays like guitar. wrote that song on guitar and plays guitar on the record. And I, I wanted to mention I also that. played percussion with a piece of paper. Oh, so yeah. that is that is the extent of my I, I, musical contribution. I hope people will listen to this album because I do think it it sonically is unlike anything I've heard in a long time. Uh this conversation contextualizes a lot of things, so I'm gonna start thinking about I don't mean to be reductive, but so uh, every Friday, my family and I usually have a family movie night. Um, mm-hmm. My my kids and my wife and I we get in, we have a little home theater set up, and this week uh, it was my turn to pick, so we all take turns picking. And I've been listening to this record for the last few weeks of yours, and for some reason, subconsciously, I thought I'd pick for family movie night. Oh, brother, where art thou? Mm-hmm. Now. Love. I, I don't know why, but there's something about the siren. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that film. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it was made by folk singers from Minnesota, but they, they, uh, this is great. I love this callback. I'm the only one laughing at it at this point inside. But my point is, uh, there's a sequence where there's these sirens singing in the river. And, oh, yeah. and I was like, maybe I, I, I paused for a moment yesterday thinking, why did I pick Oh Brother We're at the Out of Nowhere? Oh, right. I've been listening to Mabel all this time. Maybe there's a little bit of a connect. And then you mentioned the bluegrass stuff, which that yeah. uh, arguably that soundtrack, that film kickstarted a renewed interest in Ralph Stanley and may- mm-hmm. maybe Bill Monroe. I don't know if that actually happened. But yeah, so there's I'm just saying the world. And, and then in the end, my son was like, can't make movie night. I'm going swimming with my friends. And I was like, <laughs> we're like, what do we? And then my daughter's like, family movie night canceled. It's not the full family. I'm like, okay. Uh, so my idea got thwarted by water. Oh, and no. I'm just saying there's a weird connection between Oh Brother Where Art Thou, the people in the water singing the siren song, and then hearing mm-hmm. your voices mm-hmm. on uh, this beautiful record, Gloam. Well, you know what I'm saying? Thank you for that. Uh, we love Gillian Welsh in this family. So that's huge. Also, that soundtrack is one of my favorites I can of all time. kind of tell. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like it, it mm-hmm. does. I know it, it became so. It's one of those things where it became so ubiquitous, almost to mm-hmm. a cliche. But I think it had. A, it's actually great music. 
It should be celebrated. I can't wait to watch it. I've never, You've never watched, watched it. Oh, so. you're going to love it. As all. soon as I get internet, that's Why what don't I'm you fly over, to, fly over to Edmonton for family movie night? We make fresh popcorn exactly. and we can watch it together so on the couch. Your kids are like, who is this? Who I'm like, oh, she's great. She's in a great band. You'll like it. Um, uh, okay, listen, I appreciate all this. Uh, I don't know who the best person to do plugs is, but we haven't heard from Loris in a while. Loris, let's try this. People yeah. want to learn more about uh, this band, uh, which I think I've been mispronouncing this whole time on and off. Mabel is how you say it, not Maybell. I don't know why I, it made it more like a, a cow or something. I don't know why I did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mabel uh, and their, uh, the album Gloam. Where can people go to keep track of your comings and goings? Well, we have a band camp. We we don't really have one of those websites that's like, you know, all the information about touring because we don't do that right now. Uh, but yeah, there's Bandcamp, there's Spotify. Uh, if you go on our Instagram, there's like the link of links. Yeah, so like a link tree? Different yeah, yeah, ways yeah, yeah. To yeah. A link tree, yeah. So uh, there's different ways that you can stream it. Uh, you can buy our album, the vinyl. I'm sure it comes with a digital um <laughs> copy yeah. as well uh, that's a yeah that's that's out, on that's plug. out on eday fix yeah oh yeah i have to EDA say fix, of course sorry guys i just want to point out that lo did the artwork for the album and yes. it's so beautiful and we're so happy with He's it the art director wow amazing mm-hmm. okay lo you're the secret you're the yeah. secret weapon oh obviously you you got, got mm-hmm. everything going on that's great it looks beautiful as well i've only seen it, it digitally so i'll pick up a vinyl copy too because i uh i really enjoy it Thank you for this. By the way, Link of Links is a better name than Linktree. I just want to say that too. I like that. The Link of I actually but I didn't I didn't coin it. I didn't coin it. It was either Jeff or Alex. It might have been Jeff from Eday Fix who mentioned something about a link of links and I love that yeah. term. Links. Uh, or that you know the Yeah. Sentence. No, it's cool. Well, listen, I, I do really want to thank you all for making time to be on the show. I hope we got to some stuff. Sorry if I was being silly, but uh Saturday morning and I'm a little wired and tired at the same time. I'm full of coffee and lack of sleep. Uh, I, I hope we can uh, go out on a song uh, from Gloam for people to hear. Uh, this is where things can get complicated. Uh, Fez is a loyal listener to the show, or so he says. And uh, he mentions, uh, he might, no, I'm kidding. He might know that uh, when I have a large group of people, it becomes uh, ugly. It can be a debate. I'll ask one of you to pick a song. All of you have veto power. Until we land on a song to go out on, a consensus. So this is going to be complicated. So Who fun. am I going to pick here? Fez. Fez, if we can oh. go out on a song from Gloam, uh, which one would you pick and uh, why? God. Well, yeah, I am a loyal listener, so I knew this would happen. <laughs> and I thought I should prepare for this. <laughs> but instead, I've just sort of circled the prospect in my mind anxiously but i i haven't landed on it. i think well uh geez it should be one that all the voices are on or all, all three voices anyway and yours well and i don't yours, know uh, uh one that represents the record maybe one that's topical to this conversation thesis. i know that sort of happens sometimes on this show you know it's like well we've been talking about yeah. but so i i still don't know uh do you guys have any ideas uh the thesis Fez. the thesis the last one yeah, the, I mean, oh, I, I don't know. For nothing? I, know. I think we should do that for one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for sure. sure. For I'm not nothing. comfortable with that, but I, of course, that's because he wrote it. But we all sing on it, and it's a great way to end something. Sure. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. to. Well, we why was it called? Was someone saying the thesis? Is that what I kept hearing? Ali was saying the thesis. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize <laughs> that was the thesis of the record. 
I think it's a thesis. You think, that, it's but thesis, it's not. The song is not called the thesis. It's called for nothing. Is that clear? Am I clear on this? No, okay. that'd be really audacious if we called it the thesis. Yes, yeah, the thesis. <laughs> uh, I feel like everyone chimed in there except uh, Loris. Loris, do you have any issues with us going out on for nothing? No, definitely. I was hoping that he would say for nothing. I think that it builds and builds and builds throughout the song, and at the very end, it's very uh, choral, choral, mm-hmm. choral sirene even. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's very choir like. Let's say that. And and the and the chorus is. Forgive me if it's. I can't remember if it's this or that. All that work for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As an independent podcaster, I relate. Okay, let's uh, hear this song uh, right now. This is uh, for nothing from the beautiful, beautiful new album Gloam by Mabel. I want to thank uh, Fez, Ali, Loris, Lauren. Thank you so much for making time. Uh, for me and my silly show, I really appreciate this. Uh, I clearly you have a lovely and beautiful family dynamic here. I, I appreciate you welcoming me in uh, to it, uh, even for this brief period. It, it feels like a special thing you have going. So I hope uh, it continues, and I wish you the best of luck with everything. And I hope we talk soon. Thanks again. Thanks, We're obsessed Mish. with you. Mish. We're obsessed. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs>
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's a hell of a way to meet people that I've never really met. Well, I guess I had met Fez before when he was a little kid, which I don't remember at all. Anyway, I was a little wired and, and tired at the same time, but uh, I think we had a nice chat there. Thanks to all the members of Mabel for being on this show which happens to be the 822nd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available just about wherever it is you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on and follow it on various social media platforms. Uh, we have some sort of presence on most of them. There's a Facebook page you can like or, or follow. What's the difference between liking and following a thing on Facebook? They just sort of pulled that. I've never known the difference. Sometimes I, I think I'm clicking the right things. I don't even... You'll know what to do. You use Facebook, I'm sure. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative for now. Uh, and you can also follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram at Vishkana. I'm also on Blue Sky. We're all trying to get Blue Sky going and it's modest. I have a modest following there. I just started not too long ago so you can follow me on blue sky or um also threads and tiktok and there's a youtube channel for creative control all those things just look it up and if, whatever you need i'm sure i've mostly done things that will make it so you can follow or subscribe to the show also please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to support all of the work that i put into this podcast as we're speaking i've um i've done it i've started a I've intimated that I want to do a campaign pledge drive to get the show up to a certain level. I, I've suggested $3,000, I guess American. Uh, that would cover most of the uh, expenses. I haven't said this anywhere else, but I'll say it to you. That would help cover most of the uh, housing expenses uh, in my life, and I think if I can justify that, then I, that's what I do. I do the show all the time, and I don't have to worry about other things, but... I'm not there yet. As you, as we're speaking, it's very modest. But it has, since I put the word out, people are upping their current donations or, or we've got a couple of new donors, and I'm working on prize packs and incentives. So if you ever wanted to uh, support the Patreon page, now's the time because stuff's happening and I'm working on some stuff. So go to patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation today and get the show uh, help me get the show up to that level, $3,000. I also want to thank uh, Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with locations in Calgary and Edmonton, Alberta. You can learn more about them at blackbird.ca. also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, Granddad's Donuts, and Jim Guthrie 
uh, all for their in-kind support for this show or what have you. You can learn more about Jim, by the way, at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with Mabel. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and follow and tell your friends all about it. I'm going to go now. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.